0: The TSW Roundtable is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Follow at SW Commonwealth on Twitter and take your first steps into a larger world. Hello there.
1: You want the bad news? Roger Roger. The force. It's calling to you.
0: This is not going to go the way you think now you will experience the full power of the dark side that's not how the force works
1: i need someone to
0: show me my place in all this
1: this is madness let the past die kill it
2: it's a trap fulfill your your destiny no
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the TSW Roundtable. Once again, I am your moderator, Robert Cast, and we are continuing our retrospective series of all the Star Wars movies. And today, the much-anticipated Empire Strikes Back. But I'm not doing it alone. I have a couple of good friends with me here today to help me uh, wade through the waters of this, uh, um, probably one of the most beloved movies of the franchise but we'll get into that later in the pod first I'm going to introduce all the way from the UK my good friend from the Retro Inc podcast Adam say hi everybody Adam hello there (laughs)
1: and well and it's an honor to be with both both of you today
0: oh yes well I will uh, introduce the other uh, gentlemen we're having on today and no stranger to the round table and probably if you're a fan of uh Talk Star Wars and all its uh, podcasts. Uh, my co-host of the TSW <laughs> Comics. I say hi, Tim.
2: What's going on, everybody? I'm sure you're tired of hearing me. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no, and it just it, this is just uh, one of those one of those things where it's like I set out. I think last almost well, last year or last February, I put a list of all the Star Wars movies, and I am said, "Okay, I'm doing a retrospective." Which, by the way, I should say, is copyrighted from the nerd room. <laughs> uh, an idea that I borrowed from Tim and, and the boys over at the Nerd Room because they did a huge retrospective series on the MCU films leading up to a- Avengers: Infinity War. Am I right, Tim?
2: Yeah, that's correct. We didn't yeah. quite finish it. We got two left, but <laughs> but you why? Well, yeah, but that's a, that's you know,
0: what twenty movies now, twenty one.
2: Yeah, so, twenty two as of uh, the end of this next year.
0: Oh wow, fantastic! So uh, so basically, I I went ahead and I asked him. I said, hey. I'm thinking of doing a Star Wars rec- retrospective just to fill the gap between solo and episode 9. We knew we were going to have a little bit of a layoff of Star Wars stuff. Of course, we were completely wrong. We have a ton yeah. of Star Wars stuff coming <laughs> down the pipe. So, um but hey, we're knee deep into it now. So we're we're finishing this thing. We're here we are at episode 5 Empire. So, Thank you, Tim, for uh, letting us dabble in. I, I wanted to make sure with you guys you weren't going to do the Star Wars retrospective.
2: You know, no, it's uh, a little bit. It's within the sandbox, but I don't think we could offer the same amount that you're getting out of here with contributors from across the Star Wars Commonwealth giving to this retrospective series. So I'm looking forward to today, Man Empire. It's it's one of my favorites.
0: It is. It is. It's one of everybody's favorites. So uh, here we go. I'm just gonna. Started off. So I'll throw it to Adam. Um, Empire Strikes Back, where were you? <laughs> <clears>
1: Ten-year-old <throat> uh, boy. Um, I was taken, actually, by um, uh, a British actor who's on a British soap. He took me to the cinema to go and see it. Um, and uh, obviously, because we didn't have anything like internet. So it was the trailer that you'd have seen for Uh, another movie that popped up showing Empire Strikes Back. It was in the newspapers, the full page ads. So we went to the premiere, which was in London, the Dominion theater in London, the cinema uh, where they have all the premieres now and watched it. And I think the most profound thing was coming away from the, the news that Luke's father was not uh, um, somebody who was just a farm man. And that, Reveal was so massively huge, and it hit home so so powerfully that uh, it questioned it gave you a lot more questions. And I think that we were saying earlier that this this movie had the same effect on us as kids and probably adults watching it as it did with people who are watching episode eight. yeah, it, it threw a curveball. It was a much more arty movie, obviously with uh, Kirshner sort of filming this rather than Lucas, It had a very different feel. As Lucas was was over, but literally, you said to him, "Just do what you like, and we'll we'll do the rest of the effects. You just do what you do." Um, I think it, it's a very cold film. I mean, certainly the, the first half an hour is all set <laughs> in a very cold place, so it gives you a very sparse kind of feel of the, for this galaxy. Um, but you know, the, I think the the taglines at the very beginning of the of the uh, of the the title, where it says, "It's a dark time for the rebellion." um and that's exactly where it's putting you in you know what what why is it a dark time we've just seen the death star blow up
0: mm-hmm.
1: so what comes after this is really um very exciting and uh, and it really was a very powerful film still rates in everybody's in everybody's list as their number 1 but this is
0: my number 2 of the entire star wars movies fantastic uh, yeah and i don't know about tim because both tim and i are canadian i don't know we we <laughs> when they when they start the movie this is a dark time for the rebellion and they show up and they they pan over to it, host, looks like and, home. And yeah. it looks like my backyard i'm like <laughs> yeah what's well, that bad. what's so bad about this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so uh all right that's uh, summer yeah exactly that's a, that's a, you know a nice september day <laughs> So Shorts, right. Yeah. Um, Tim, uh, a little bit of perspective here because you're, I think you're 10 years, my junior. So by the time Empire came out, like this Luke uh, or, or not Luke, I'm your father. Just no, I am your father was already revealed. Like, was this something you've just, let's just tell the folks where you were when you first saw this. And could you expand on maybe did, did you already know all about this Vader dad thing? Like was it was already part of your lexicon kind of thing.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of weird. So I was not born yet when Empire came out. Right. (laughs) I um And my first experience seeing this was somewhere between that original blue, purple and even more purple box set and the special edition. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I saw this for the first time on VHS um, and I did see it in theaters, but my memory is a bit fuzzy from when the special edition released in nineteen nine or nineteen ninety seven there. But my memory's a bit fuzzy as to exactly when I saw this. But the reveal of Vader was fully spoiled for me. Not in the in the idea of how it happened, but the fact and just the, the overall saying. So when I saw it, it was full belief. Like, I didn't have that, that mystery to it that lasted another three years. I didn't experience it in the same way as a major reveal when you're sitting in the theater for the first time as a 12-year-old kid. Right. So... For me it's always been a bit more about the spectacle that empire is and how dynamic the film is and how much it and how much work it does towards expanding the overall universe. It it really changes things for me when it comes to Star Wars because we get to see a whole new set of planets. The Battle of Hoth is my favorite battle in Star mm-hmm. Wars and that's my favorite vehicles. And seeing the, how dynamic Vader is in this film, seeing Luke grow and doing something different, expanding the Force. So this film has always been, for me, is that big, expansive part of Star Wars. And even coming off the back end of A New Hope when I first saw that, that, that's a bit more of a personal film. And this one, to me, does all of the work in getting Star Wars and building up mystery and building up the universe. And so that's why I've always really loved Empire Strikes Back. We, we see Hoth, Dagobah, Cloud City, Lando Calrissian, everything. It's wild, and I absolutely absolutely love this thing.
0: Yeah, yeah I, again, this is. I'm sure this is. We're not going to try to make this a, an Empire love fest, but like as Adam said, yeah, this ranks in everybody, every Star Wars fan at least top three. Like, I I haven't heard anybody put it lower than three. Like, it's, it's just one of those films. And what the point I was getting at with uh, with the reveal of vader it's almost like if uh say if you're watching the sixth sense with bruce willis and you just know the ending already like if you're just born and then boom there's just common knowledge that's the ending it's when we walked out of the theater of course i was a kid you I mean so i was able to uh, i wasn't at the drive-in at this time no no i know everybody's curious So i was at a regular movie theater with my parents and when the, <laughs> when and when the reveal happened for me it was it was like oh I can't believe this. Cause I, when they were talking about Anakin, the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. And it was like, Oh, that's clearly a different person. It never occurred to me as a, you know, I mean, I was eight, seven, eight years old. It never occurred to me thinking, Oh, well, wait a minute. You mean, Darth Vader could be a title, could be a, a knight. Yeah. If, if, as it were, like it wasn't, it just, it, it completely lost on me. So, but when the reveal hit, I was like, holy, like this is unbelievable. Like, like this is, and also too, I've been asked by other people because nowadays when we see a reveal on screen, we always step back after and go on, I'll go online and go on social media and ask ourselves, is it, are they being true or are they kind of playing with words? Is he a father figure? Yeah. Is he, because I was so young and, and I'm sure Adam, you were the same where it was just like, whatever they said on the screen, that was gospel. That's it. for Yeah, yeah. it is. All quarters though, really goes to not
1: just George, but Lawrence Kasdan. In writing yeah. this uh, this f- fantastic script, and and really putting uh, you know something much much deeper into the Star Wars universe that had only just you know only just three years before, or so you know just uh, given us um, almost like a like a pop film, A New Hope. Yeah, uh, and then this came along. I mean, he, he relied very heavily on the first one being such a massive hit in order to give him the budget to do this one. And essentially the things that matter the most in this are things that actually didn't really cost a great deal of money. The father Mm. and son reveal the Dagobah swamp revealing what the force really is. Yeah. Um, uh, the kind of, uh, I suppose Lando character, you know, being an old friend, but not really knowing, you know, really any background to him, you know, why wouldn't we think he was going to double cross him? We knew nothing of him. Right. Um, bounty hunters, um, epic space cruisers, um, and I think probably more importantly, a little green guy <laughs> who became so profoundly important in Star Wars and, and where all of that um, verbal context of what the Force is coming from where George had come from uh, with his teachings that he or, or his teacher, his master, who taught him uh, a lot of stuff on on myths and
2: legends. yeah you look at it with with Lawrence Kazan actually writing this. you can see his fingerprints all over it. Yeah. it takes that formula from a new hope and just breaks it up. You know how many movies do you have where you have your main characters split up doing different things, almost in two totally separate films?
1: Absolutely, you've got yes.
2: Luke off doing his own thing, his own journey. You've got Han, Leia, and Chewie, and the and the, and the droids over here. So it's it's was really cool how they're able to make what felt like two or three movies combined into one, but it still flowed very well. You're bringing back Obi Wan from a new hope in this force go So you're introducing, like you said, Adam, a whole bunch of new force elements to all of this, while also introducing a new figure to explain, give you the context, give you the exposition that you need to understand what's going on. So it's all about world building in this, yes. in this one. Where and friendships fr- too.
1: Yeah. Because the first one, we, we got these bunch of characters that get thrown together to rescue a princess. And then in this, we see the frustration that Han has with Leia. We see obviously the droids, but we see the, the, actually after the, after that after Hoth, where you know where Luke flies away and the the the, the Falcon goes off, and they say we are, we'll join back later on. You know we'll, we'll get together later, and and you you've you know obviously Han rescued uh, Luke out into the uh, <clears throat> from the snow, and that bonds them together. There's a lot more bonding going on in this film. Um, they come together as far, uh, of individuals, but they really are much more of a family in this.
0: Um, well, I, I totally agree with you, and, and also too with the two stories you guys are mentioning. A lot of storytelling, a lot of times, especially in television, I know not so much movies, but they'll have a an A plot and a B plot. Now, this is two things running at the same time, but it's not A and B. There's no lesser of the two. It's like A and A one. Or A yes. like it, it's—they're mm-hmm. both integral to the to the movie. Normally, they have—you'll see a, when when we talk about B plots, they'll talk about a little side thing going on to lighten up the mood of a movie, right? That takes uh takes the edge off a seriousness of a story. But this is not the Han Leia on the Falcon isn't lesser than Luke and Yoda on Dagobah. They're both just as integral and just as important, but important in completely different ways.
2: Yeah, I say you need that though in this film. Because if the three of them are together, you can't individually develop them the same way that they do. You needed Luke to grow as a character and putting him side by side Han, especially coming off the back end of A New Hope and how big Harrison Ford was and how big that character is. He overshadows Luke when they're together to a degree. And you needed Luke out there doing his own thing, growing as a character. And you needed Han to have someone like Leia opposing him and giving it back to him. Because he can dominate the screen, but put him against Carrie Fisher. And they have good interplay there. That balances that character out, where Luke doesn't have the same effect with Han Solo as far as the balance, right? You want the, the the people watching it to focus on Luke as being your hero, but you have a tendency to shift over to the charismatic Harrison Ford playing Han Solo when they're on screen together. So I thought it was really good to separate those two from a storytelling perspective because it allowed you to grow individually and grow with those two characters.
1: Indeed, I totally agree with you there. Yeah, and...
0: Mm. What I should uh, I should I should have said this at the top of the show, but this is if anybody's not familiar with our retrospectives, we're not doing a beat by beat <laughs> breakdown of the movie scene by scene. This is just uh, three people coming together and just talking about uh, a movie that's that they love, or you mean? And we've had retrospectives where people. Didn't like the movie so much, but we're on it to give a counterpoint of view. Like this is, you know, so that that's this is what it's all about. So if someone's expecting, okay, next scene, uh, three, uh, act two, or whatever, like, no, this that's not happening here. So <laughs> now, uh, something else I wanted to mention. Um, this is this came out in a world where sequels weren't always weren't quite the thing they are today. You know, I think we were we had a Rocky two. Like, there wasn't, uh, like, once the 80s hit, as soon as you had a hit movie, it was, okay, let's sign up sequel. Like, it was just an automatic. Sequels weren't an automatic thing back then. It was almost like you had your movies, and then they were done. So, like, for as far as sequels being, I think this is pretty much the most successful sequel uh, like, in movie history, like it uh, like I'd be it's hard, got to be. I would be. Me. I'd be hard pressed. you you can have a few up there. Mm. like I don't you mean, but what else could rival? Like, as far because whenever you see, especially with something the size of Star Wars or a new hope to our younger listeners, like <laughs> that was so huge. How do you follow that? And then they bring this, which yeah. is completely different, but with all the same, like it's just it's 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 hard to wrap your head around, especially in a time when, sequels weren't an automatic like absolutely we've done a retrospective on 1980 on the retro podcast
1: and the majority of the films that came out in 1980 were all one-offs yeah so thinking 1977 78 for the uk for a new hope this coming out as a sequel was very new Right. Very, very new, and I think you, Rob, you've 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 totally hit that. That actually, if you looked at every sequel that there's ever been to any major film, Empire beats it in yeah. terms of of quality. Not necessarily in terms of uh, bums on seats and and financial gain. Right. But more importantly, I think in terms of what has to be the greatest sequel of all time, Empire. But I mean, Toy Story Two. Let's just put that there. Of course, yeah. Is <laughs> an amazing sequel to an incredible film. But, but it's not.
0: It's not. I think <laughs> I found. I, I know. I know what you I think I you know figured what out what yeah. you're looking at. Toy Story Two is great. This is not Star Wars Two. This no. is exactly. This is yeah. Empire Strikes Back. This is a complete different. When you say uh, ESP, you know like you you're lasered in on exactly what it is it
1: features a lot of the same cast but it's not the same story no exactly
0: this isn't yeah this isn't uh rocky 2 or you mean or even rambo 2 like first blood part 2 like it's 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 not everything has a 2 to it and this is just a it could pretty much be a standalone like it's it's great Hmm. you you look at
2: crafting of uh if even the the early 90s and all that, there's a a real tendency to go back and redo the first film if you had success. And I'm sure there was that pull to say, let's put in very similar elements. Let's have our hero rise to the top. Let's have this villain that stands out, something new, something different. But let's keep the same beats going. Let's just remake this and try to generate that same interest and but, therefore generate the same cash. And
0: not to be But stu- this doesn't. No, not, and not to be stupid. It's not like ele- uh breaking to electric boogaloo. Like I know that's yeah. a funny <laughs> reference everybody <laughs> makes yeah. to every yeah. sequel. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that was literally, "Hey, we got a cool little hit." I I remember seeing Breaking at the theater. I don't I this, oh, I, yes. this is not a Breaking <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, but <laughs> but when the success it had and it just caught a wave of breakdancing and it was a thing in the 80s and this and that and it was just let's same. Do it again. You know what I mean, and that's that's when sequels started after Empire and after a few of them out there. You know, Godfather Part Two. Like, there's very few that were great, or you can hold next to the original, to the the first movie. You
2: know, and like, I think what, what's important about Empire too is that, and in speaking to this idea of Star Wars Two, that it's not that is that this is the middle film in a trilogy, which is a new concept as well. This doesn't end on the note that even, say, A New Hope does. New Hope could be considered, if it was a one-off film, there is a reasonable ending. There's a little tease there with Vader floating off. But this thing more or less ends. You end with the medal ceremony. Mm -hmm. Then you jump into this. This is a second part in a three-part story. This isn't setting up and saying, "Okay, we'll finish off number two because maybe we'll get number three. This is telling a full story that doesn't end with this film. And so when you talk about sequel building back then it didn't really exist for number two but it didn't exist in a in a film sense for something this expansive that we're definitely doing number three and here's your tease because han is gone we have got all these new characters you know your main character gets defeated you've got the success of the empire in this you're ending on quite a down note for films of that time Mm. and so that that's to me is the important part is that it's not only not just a, a, a cut and paste repeat But it's setting up for something even bigger and introducing elements like the Emperor, another mystery element to this. This is what this film does a lot. It introduces you to characters and, and different story elements that make you think, make you wonder. It gives you that maybe that allure of what Star Wars is today about this headcanon. It leaves you so many dangling threads and it just says, here you go. Think about this for three years. (laughs)
0: yeah exactly that's what it is and again again that's and hats off to george lucas because the two things he did when making star wars in his contract negotiation he wanted merchandising rights and he wanted the right to make the sequels he wanted to finish he wanted the sequel and they were and at the time in the 70s again that's what we're trying to tell everybody is like it wasn't an automatic where it's like yo you can't have the sequel right they were like yeah whatever oh merchandising (laughs) whatever like so imagine that
2: now like people uh, sign on for six films now
1: well like, it's, also imagine are- imagine imagine him f- finishing this cut and showing this to 20th Century Fox and going and then thinking well hang on you've just given us this fantastic story where it ends and it's got lots of vibrancy and everything else and this is dark
0: yeah and yeah. has
1: and has words in in the in the on the back of the of the paperback words like devastating and ferocious and destroying the alliance and words like that. Whereas it was all optimistic in the first one. And yeah. this this is. Oh. I mean, you also see Vader kill a lot of people in this too. I mean, yeah. he's strangling his own guys left, right, and centre. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Ozzel gets gets it. I think Piet's uh, P- uh, P- the only one who survives, doesn't yeah. <laughs> uh, he? Yeah. But he's just you know he, he's really becoming this evil guy that um this evil father which yep. is what we now reflect on how how deep and how dark anakin had actually got to at that point how meddled with his mind had got because don't forget you know we just saw he become uh at the end of revenge of the sith become vader
0: mm-hmm.
1: we saw very little really of vader in mm-hmm. in a new hope really very little Yeah. you know and then this vader is very prominent as much as he is uh, yoda in this because that final scene on uh with luke is is a pretty long scene
0: oh yeah 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 it, they it
1: spend some it. time in dagobah but they spend some time together on that you know with the with the fight and the and the 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 the, the toing and froing between the two of them yeah you give, you i think it re- re- must must reflect a lot of, sorry must have reflect a lot of what lucas was going through in his own personal life i think perhaps yeah
2: yeah, a little bit of turmoil there. And you know for me, with the the Vader stuff, it's a good point there, Adam, is it gives you a nice juxtaposition to Yoda, too. You have kind of the light side force user. And they're really expanding on the idea. They don't use the word Sith, but they're expanding on that portion of the Force with Vader. Vader, for me, in the first one, is pure visual. It's there to intimidate you. It's there to say, this is the villain. He's got this deep, dark voice. He's all in black. He's kind of scary. He's the one pursuing them. This is about expanding the character of Vader. Like you said, strangling his own men, the ruthless pursuit through the meteorite fields, basically not giving a care about anyone. We're going to chase these people down. And I like what they do with Vader. You have that that dynamic fight between him and Luke. So it really goes a long way to push Vader to the forefront, who eventually becomes kind of the star of this whole franchise, right? They did three movies about this guy. And this is the film that introduces you to Vader as a character, more so than Vader as kind of the antagonist, say, of A New Hope. You know, he's he's there, he has parts. But like you said, they're, they're very narrowed down in A New Hope. I think it, it's great what he did, but this is about everyone this is why i love this film is that everyone gets a time to shine and vader included here it's all about character development pushing the narrative really far forward and making sure that we have all of these elements in place for this final battle in return of the jedi
0: yeah absolutely and um the thing about empire 2 it's the and i know it's probably because it's been around for so long like we're what 38 years now and and it it's so quotable, but you see a lot of big movies. Um, Schwarzenegger's Asta La Vista, or I'll Be Back, or you see, um, uh, Bruce Willis, Yippee yay yada yada yada. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, you see a lot of things, but this, 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 this movie here, I thought it smelled bad on the, on the outside. Um, I Am Your Father, I Love You, I Know, like like what like this is all stuff that everybody knows yeah like you don't have you don't have to be a star wars fan or or an empire fan or like just it's it's just part of our verbiage you know i mean like it's it's left such a mark so on that note i'm gonna th- flip it around the table again and uh i'll go to you adam i, I know it's gonna be hard but you got if you got a favorite part you got a favorite scene you got something that like this is a the huge, tree the tree the cave for me, it, I think as,
1: as a kid, I think go, flying through the asteroid field was was very exciting. I think the 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 the, the bounty hunters. I mean, from for, without going into any kind of toy talk, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the first time, yeah, the first time that this film really kind of became fascinating was was the, the Boba Fett reveal. Uh, send away for your mail away figure. So for me, seeing those bounty hunters on the ship. But I would say probably the most important thing was probably Dagobah for me. Yeah. Um and I think as a father that has such a huge mind blowing um element to it because Luke is very, very weak up to this point. Um he's joined he's 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 almost belittling this green guy. You can't be any Jedi master. Jedi Masters don't come like you, and he's, and he's very jovial Yoda at that particular time. So it's only when he, Yoda flips and becomes more serious does Luke take this serious, and then we hear uh, we hear Ben's voice. Um, and I think it's the Yoda setting the whole thing up um, in the cave for Luke to go in there. Like you know, you are what you take in there. Is you know what you take with you is what you take in there. So if he takes his blaster, he's gonna to expect to get violence or he's gonna get uh, or, or retaliation, um and it's and uh, resistance. Um and if he'd have gone in there without any lightsabers and everything, he might have had a more peaceful passage of his understanding of the force. Right. There is so much resilience there. That the lifting of the of the X Wing. You know, he can lift some stones, no problem, but that's too big. So it's showing that his resistance to, to fully let go of of who he thinks he is and become who he's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, and, and do you think uh, not to get off this movie, but you think that was mirrored in the Last Jedi with Ray going in? Oh yeah, you, yeah absolutely. Like,
1: that's what. That's exactly what Ryan Johnson literally doing. mirrored. <laughs> literally,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if
1: you listen to the commentary to The Empire Strikes Back with George Lucas, he he's constantly saying, you know, all my movies have reflections of what came before it. Mm-hmm. I just keep reflecting it. Time and time again, you know, and this is the this is the important thing I think for him yep. is that if you keep repeating, it becomes almost like a hypnotic thing that you understand the mythos behind the, this film.
0: Yeah, he says it's like music; it's like same yes. same same music, but different different uh, harmonics, different well, melodies. Like different
1: if we layers. didn't ha- if we didn't have anything of of um, if we didn't have anything of, of John Williams's music in Rogue One, even just an element of it, it would yeah. have felt wrong. Or in solo. So from from episode one right the way through, you have to have those basic chords and elements to the music, and otherwise it just it doesn't feel right. right. It's like you've you've got no um, you've got no foundation, right? And uh, and his films have to have that.
2: This uh, is the first time we hear the Imperial March too, right? In yes, yeah. 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 So which there you go. Is, That's like weird. one of the most iconic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, you think is, like yeah, retrospectively, you're looking at a New Hope, and if if you had have told me. 10 years ago that the imperial march isn't a new hope i would have said you're crazy of course it is yeah because well, it's, it's Yo- just
1: yoda's it's, theme as well is beautiful yeah. beautiful piece of music
0: yeah and, and also to not and while we're on again i'm going to keep bringing up other movies but but this is the coincidental sequel movie you look at uh it's everything like you said It's woven in and you think that some pieces are of course they were in star wars but they weren't it's like a back to the future too when it's like Marty, oh, when you call him Chicken, it sets him off, right? Yeah. And they build it up to the point where it's like, oh yeah, you, you can never call Marty Chicken, except it's never mentioned in Back to the Future, the first one. But it's done in a way where it's like, oh, that's always been part of the thing. But in the movie making, they're like, no, they made us as viewers think, oh, this has always been a thing. And that's the same thing as Empire. This is, yeah, of course, the Imperial March. Of course, this is all. To, you mean this is this? We take it as. It's almost like the movie uh, George Lucas and Kirshner and everybody is tricking us to being like, yeah, you've
2: always known this, but we didn't. <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? It's just what an odd... Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, I don't know.
2: Well, I, we have a tendency in the room to refer to this as the Winter Soldier effect, is that it retroactively makes the previous film better by what they do in the storytelling they do in the second film. Right. It ties up a lot of elements. It brings in a new dynamic to what you saw before. And this has a real tendency to do that. Yeah. A New Hope is a fantastic film on its own. But now, when you build in what they what they do and what they construct in Empire, it retroactively makes a lot of things in here better. Yeah. And it's not because the story's poor, it's just because, it, like in the Marvel Universe, right? It, everything is brought up by subsequent sequels because they're building a universe around this whole thing. You know, they're expanding on everything. So now you know a bit more about The Force, you go back and look what was done with uh luke in the trench run you're like okay there, there's something a bit more here so it's it's building those big elements in yeah. star wars and they do a lot of work here to do that that make a new hope better it recontextualizes a lot of things for me and so that's that's why this is such i say i keep saying it but i keep coming back to the idea that this does so much work to make the whole universe better bigger exactly and and it's,
0: and yeah and they make it so and they even make mention in the commentary that the uh When Luke takes off and Yoda does, no, there is another, and Mm -hmm. we all know now that that's Leia. Spoilers, if you haven't seen Jedi, I don't know why you'd be listening to this, but neither here (laughs) nor there. But uh, basically, George Lucas was saying you had to make Luke expendable. Mm -hmm. And and what people don't realize now, as kids sitting in the theater, it, it worked. I mean, I'm not saying you can't enjoy Empire unless you saw it when it first came out. That's not what I'm saying. We're not. We're not. Uh, we're not g- gatekeeping here or anything like that. That's. But we didn't. Oh, whoa oh, wow. That's a chance. Luke could die. You mean like we don't? The, what they he did throughout that story by adding in these little tidbits was was amazing. To keep us going throughout the movie. You know. You know. What well,
1: I mean. What, like, go ahead. Yeah, oh yes. Oh yeah. Well, I wasn't saying we're well, one moment that is, is the awkward moment because of the third film. Yes. <laughs>
0: It's is that kiss. Yeah, what? yeah. But, and again, uh, it throws you off because they didn't know. So of course not. So we didn't know. So it's like, oh, we totally believed everything. Like so. Um, okay. But back to uh, I'm gonna flip it back to Tim. You got a favorite moment from this movie? You got a favorite? Uh, it could be anything. Of course yes, I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah,
2: Go ahead. You know, for me, it's it's always been about the Battle of Hoth. You know, we talked about this a little bit on the spotlight that we did a few weeks ago, Rob. And that battle for me is the quintessential battle for Star Wars, and it's not in space. No, it's in Canada. It looks like our backyard
0: in Canada. Exactly,
2: (laughs) and and the reason I love that is that so you get thrown into the deep end of this film. You know, right away. We get introduced mm-hmm. to all these new speeders and new stormtroopers. We've got Vader coming down to the surface. We've got AT-ATs, for crying out loud. Yeah. These are my favorite vehicles in Star Wars, and they're lumbering towards the rebellion. It's, it's kind of this nice World War II. They're in the trenches. I say nice. I shouldn't say nice World War II, but yeah. it is <laughs> a reflection of that being in the trenches, World War One, I, I guess, more so. And it's everything that they do in that to kind of put their finger up at the world saying you did everything in space because it's dark. Well, here we're going to do all of this and it's bright and it's white. Yep. And it's the battle in itself. When you've got the speeders tying the, the ropes around the the legs, you've got Luke Skywalker popping that lightsaber open. And this is, again, you're seeing Luke Luke Skywalker really develop and do something big. He is the, the, the catalyst for, the, the actual win and for the rebellion surviving here because mm-hmm. he's able to put down a couple of these walkers and it does a whole bunch with with Han and Leia it is so well done and that's that for me when I when I hear Empire I see Adats I see the Battle of Hoth yeah it's it's I I can't say enough good things about what that does but it's funny because when I said it feels like several films I, I often forget that you get Dagobah, you get Cloud City, you get all kinds of really crazy and dynamic things. Sorry, my daughter just crawled into my lap here. Yeah, no <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to trying to do this. And um but yeah, it's the battle of poth for me.
0: Yeah, and also too, not to make every every collector cringe, but my buddy had an ad at-, at, I had a snow speeder, and we had between the two of us we had pretty much most of the um vehicles and, and figures because I think our parents got together and he got all empire, I got all rebellion. So there was no crossover, so we could actually. And yeah, we did take these in the snow. Sorry. yeah, like, I, <laughs> I oh, took yeah. My, my X-Wing Luke yeah. and I put him in my, my snow speeder and I crashed him into the snow. <laughs> my
1: Imperial Tac base, which is behind me here, yeah. has been spent many a time either on top of a white sheet yeah. or, or uh, in the snow. Yep,
0: yeah,
2: exactly. I've got that exact piece behind me, too. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. With the tiles, your tiles on it.
2: No, I've just got Uh the I don't know, maybe it's not the same. I got the probe droid and it's got the turret. Oh yes,
1: that's that's up here.
2: Oh okay, Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, that one yeah,
0: yeah so yeah for yeah. those for those of obviously for people listening can't <laughs> see but we're
2: with, visuals of podcast
0: yes uh, Adam and Tim are, are are huge collectors and and this is it, it's you're missing out because you can't see what they're showing if we, if we are talking really though in terms of this particular
1: element of Star Wars where George himself you know he he wanted to get the rights to the to the toys right and the merchandise this was the best time oh. Yeah. I, of all of all times, I can think of uh, of being a, a, a boy of ten years old because we had, I mean, okay. So behind me, I've got the I've got the Empire Strikes Back Millennium Falcon. I've mm-hmm. got two AT-AT walkers here. Yeah, I've got the Rebel transport. I've got a Slave One. I've got yeah. a Tauntaun box. Actually, I've got three Tauntauns. There's one in the box there. Um, I've got the probe droid and turret there. I've got a Snowspeeder, and and then there's all the little mini rigs the yep. stuff that. Was was created oh. just in case it was off scene.
0: I had I had the Dagobah. So like much the, stuff. The Dagobah set that came out, where, where you can actually press the button on the side and the logs lifted, and you can actually you can dunk R two into the sponge. <laughs> he's that's there. <laughs> there but, he is. Look, yeah, look. he's right behind you.
2: Yes, yeah, very so, very toyetic, eh? Empire. Yes. Yeah,
1: but they, they learned. learned very <laughs> much so. Whereas episode I wasn't at all. I mean, you'd think in, in because it has the same vein with where you've got the force awakens being a very, as I say, a very poppy kind of movie, just mm-hmm. pop here it is. it's very bright colorful, yes, it has some dark moments but um, but but uh, but the last Jedi has a very similar vein to it, of course but and yet
0: toy wise what would you there make? Wasn't anything. what would, really, what, what, what new toy would you make from the last jedi? would you make the uh, the the sea cow? Like I can't see that. Like oh, I can't. <laughs> like milking. Like, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, milking action. Yeah. Like I don't know
0: what you're gonna do. There, there. was no um, real
1: rebel base. No, there was the, well, the vehicles were either too big or they. You know, we already had a we already had a Falcon. So, yeah. but there was there wasn't really anything in it. Those little and speeders on the Last Jedi were not particularly great either. Yeah. Um, and the, the gorilla walkers
2: too that they had at the on the salt flats there they were only in the film for two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. They, they should have been in the film way more, and maybe they couldn't. Like, I found that Rogue One used the ADAT or that style of vehicle a little better than they did. This was just kind of a march towards and Hasbro it. And didn't...
1: Did Hasbro actually make one of those? No. For,
2: for, there was yeah. a... I think there was one that... There was one for that ADAT. One. There
1: was one there was for Rogue One, and there was
0: one that And there was one by Lego, wasn't there? And that was it. Yeah. Wow. So, very it just, cool. It, it just says more to the point, Adam, is with with your set talking about the uh, the toys, like, it was like it was yin and yang. We had tattooing. Well, what's the opposite of tattooing? Well, hoth. You mean like we had? I know a lot of it was done for for the money, obviously. Like because if you have new settings and new vehicles, that means more sales. Like we were just talking about Last Jedi. What are you going to do? Make the another like you mean another Falcon for the eighth time? <laughs> not the eighth time, but for the for the fourth or fifth time. Like it just it it was done in a way where. There was no spoiling. It was a sequel, which was almost unheard of. It had new, brand new set of toys. Like, you didn't, if you had the first, when you are kids and you were, had your toys and you were reenacting the scenes, you had uh, Luke and his his X-Wing, and what else could you do? Like, there was nothing aside from flying to Dagaba. You needed a mm. whole new wave of mm-hmm. stuff. Like,
1: well, it, well, Vader's Imperial Death Star was one of my favorite pieces because you could get all your boba you could get your boba fett and your Mm. bosk and your and your zuckers and four long on there um and set that whole thing up and this thing could an ig88 of course and you could you know fly this thing to wherever you wanted it to go yep you could you could have there was so so many ways you could create on your carpet on your bed yep go out into the snow you know it was just yeah, it was a f- fantastic time for toys. It was. Really fantastic time for toys. And I, th- yeah. I think predominantly
0: my collection is empire based. Even my hot toys are, are more hot oh, wow. are more empire based. Well, just just yeah. to just to round out the the table here, I'm going to my favorite moment in the movie was I think probably because of the I know Adam York just a couple years older than I am. So just from that slight age difference at the time, me watching Luke and Vader go at it in a lightsaber duel, which you expected to have. You had like the, the kid and the big bad, which this this is something you thought would happen in star Wars. The first movie. And now here you are waiting through what three hours, three and a half hours of film. And finally getting this moment where it's like, here's the farm boy, Luke, our hero versus the big, big bad. Yeah. And it doesn't end well. And it's what a fantastic, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not like, oh, he's just the chosen one, so he's going to have all the moves and be and win. Like, he flew by the seat of his pants to get the score of the win at the end of New Hope. But this one is like, no, he didn't get the better of Vader. And nor should he. You know what I mean? Like, he's... he's it's,
2: he looks dip- like garbage after that fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was,
0: oh, I can't... I, I, ha- I didn't do it personally, but I can't tell you how many... Um, uh, if you go around to Vintage Toys, you'll find a lot of uh, Hoth or uh, sorry Dagobah Lukes with uh, in their Bespin fatigues with uh, their hand chopped off, <laughs> like because a lot of kids are like, oh, this is what happened. Click, <laughs> you That's know. So, yeah, so for me, it was that it was it was what we were anticipating. It was a big build up. Luke, it's a trap. Like you knew it was happening, but he just couldn't help himself, and it ended appropriately the way it should it- end. You yeah. know what, you had a, a, a man, you had a, somebody who was apparently all-powerful, and now, once the reveal was made, we knew he was a Jedi. you mean? Um, they mentioned he, he fell and he killed Anakin, but now we had it all came together. So even excluding that, "No, I am your father," it's what a great scene, and it ended the way it should have. Luke got his ass kicked. Probably. Yeah and <laughs> the,
2: it's it's wild that they went that way. I think even today there's a tendency to protect your main protagonist quite mm-hmm. a bit. Is you set up a bit of a barrier around them and say this character is off limits. We want to have this character go through the series where they took this and they they flipped it on its head and said, look, our main hero he's not going to win this because Like you said, in A New Hope, it's a bit more of that formula where he's the one that destroys the Death Star. He gets the big win in the end. This year, they tear it all apart and all down. And that does way more for Luke than him defeating Vader in this moment would have done. You know, looking back on 40 years of filmmaking and and the universe that's built around it, I think that is one of the more defining moments of Luke Skywalker as a character than any other one. Yeah, well, yeah. Go ahead, Adam.
1: You really like
2: just to say something? I
1: well, yeah. I, on a different note, I want to sort of really just talk about *Best because one of the things about *Best that I love so much is just purely the colours in, in this film. It goes from the pure whites to the very dark of the of space for the asteroids. And talking of which, I'll go I'll go back to that point in a second. Yeah. And then we go to Cloud City, which is, has got these lovely pastels and oranges. And light blues, and it's just very, very sort of two thousand and one, a space odyssey looking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, and then we go f- from to the, the dark orange of um, the carbonite area, and the very dark, bleak,ness of um, of that. And he, he, you know, this this film really does the textures of this film take mm-hmm. you somewhere very, very interesting. That's a, you know, know from very light so to very dark, from very dark to very light, and then from and darkness within the light of that particular yeah. scene, and then obviously, um, you know, the, the the finishing where you're just like we now we've got to go and find Han.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. And,
1: and and that left a lump in your throat because you you just didn't know what happened to him. Yep.
0: And, Not uh, at all. But Not this, at all. Yeah, so it's like you read my mind, Adam, because this is what I wanted to do. Just um, kind of a. One of the last turns around the table. Anything else in the movie that you loved, or or even stuff that that you didn't like, or something like for me. And again, not to be that guy, but Hoth Leia is Carrie Fisher is so stunning, and it just it, it's it's not, like I know. And, and again, this is not because yeah. we're not doing the oh no, look at Leia in uh, in her in her Jabba Slayer outfit. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you have a, a beautiful woman who's buttoned up right up to her neck, but still... Well, even like, in her best spin fatigue, she looks beautiful in that dress. Exactly. Like, just, wow. Beautiful. Like, just mm. stunning. So, um, Tim, w- this movie is... There, any other little tidbits around? Stuff you like, stuff you... You know, even make you cringe. I know Han the... Well, fine, I'll see you in hell. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Well, it, like, on the Tauntaun, I'm like, that was a little overwritten. Like... You know what I mean? Uh, other stuff like Yoda, chewing the food, like, mm-hmm, when he's eating yeah. Luke's rations. That's awesome. I don't know why. It's like he's, the way he's chewing down on that you know, sausage or hot dog. I don't know what he's <laughs> frigging <eating laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: I do like Joviland Yoda. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess a couple points here that, that I really enjoy is both the introduction of Lando Calrissian and Boba Fett in this film. It, mm. it does, and it adds another layer of, of supporting cast and expands that mystery, and you know we've seen the the expansion of Lando Calrissian both in comics and in film now, and Boba Fett, yeah, he's become kind of this this huge character without really having much to do in either of the films, and I know presumably we're getting some allusion to that in the Mandalorian as well coming up here soon. So it's it's those two characters that that add to the dynamic of our original three, and then you add on Chewie and, and the droids here, but. I love how they bring in those characters to add that new dynamic to Star Wars, to the, the big three. So we're giving new people the playoff of here. We're not sticking to that kind of original core. And Boba Fett, for me, you know, Slave One, the costume, the, the bounty hunters on, on the Star Destroyer, brilliant stuff. I have all the black series of those. That's that's one of my favorite scenes, iconic scenes. And these guys are in this film for two seconds. And how many action figures of Bossk? is there out there you know like this is what speaks to star wars so much in in the idea that it's very toyetic and each moment is something big because you know i've got the the vintage collection of the the bounty hunters i've got the black series i've got all kinds of stuff for characters that have seconds of screen time so again Mm -hmm. speaking to that toyetic nature of star wars and i guess for one cringeworthy thing c-3po in this film little much <laughs> <laughs> he he play, he's meant to play kind of that um or bring a little light hardness i guess to what right. is inevitably a much darker film but he's just way over the top to me not as far over the top as you get him in attack the clones oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're starting to get there and pairing him with chewbacca uh, it, to me it, it brings chewbacca down just a little bit because he's got this thing strapped to his back for you know a quarter of the film or whatever it is, so they constrain him a little bit more by giving him C three P O to carry around, and it's that is probably the weakest part of this film. Is that I feel with the introduction of characters like Lando Calrissian, you know, changing that dynamic between the the individual main three, they had a hard time finding what to do with C three P O. Yeah, he was and- a character that was in the original in the original film. They wanted to do something with them R two. They split those two up. I think you need to have them a bit more together because you need that banter, you need that kind of R two bringing down C three PO, and that 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 interplay between the two to make C three PO a bit more digestible. Where in this is like okay, I'm 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 good. Like <laughs> yeah,
1: and also well, Leia too, does switch him off in the Falcon. He yeah, yeah. thankfully yeah, yeah. So and, just and just also too he
2: he
0: holds him up. He falls behind on on Hoth when they're trying to escape. He he's like yeah. he's, he almost gets him caught. He's uh he ruined a very wonderful moment for yeah. between Harrison Ford and <laughs> Carrie Fisher. One. Like uh, there's a term for it, but we're not going to use it here on the PG show. So, um, droid blocking, droid blocking. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And again, it's, I understand why it's there now mm-hmm. as a kid, it didn't hit me. Like it didn't no. hit the ear so hard. It was like, Oh, Oh wait, well Han and Leia kissed. Well, what more could happen? <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Let's see. It's over.
2: <laughs> it, it's funny you say that. Cause I think to me that I like that tension break there. Yeah. Like you you kind of need that for that because what do you do after that scene, right? Either you cut it like you cut there and and zoom out and just do whatever or you have that tension just like stripped down to its bare bones by C-3PO entering the room. I kind of like that part of it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I understand why it was done, but still. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Finally, they get that moment back again, don't they? Later on, well, after he's just had his first lot of injections and they have their intimate moment. And no, obviously no Chewie at that point, and no uh, 3PO at that point. But uh, yeah, he's, he's always been the most frustrating character throughout Always, but needed. <laughs> you know what I mean. But needed. Yeah, you know, everyone is needed. right. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So, uh, Adam, just things about the movie, just tidbits here and there. I know you mentioned Bespin. I know you love the Dagobah. But any other one-liners, whatever, whatever comes. Well, one off, of the right? things that always
1: baffled me was why the slave, why Slave One, was hanging out in the trash at the moment when the Falcon is releasing from the
0: Imperial cruiser. Like, why is it? What we, is he doing? Do, do we get an answer for that in Attack of the Clones? In hindsight, because he's seen it done before, because because uh, Obi Wan did it to his dad, yeah, that's it, that's it. So yeah. it, that, that's what I mean. Like it, it may, that's and we discussed the, uh, Lucas mirroring. So but maybe
1: uh, we're talking, we're talking that you know, Attack of the Clones wasn't even out. Oh, obviously. yeah, 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 at first so viewing, it was those sort of things. Ozzel, Ozzel was always another one of these ones. I just thought, hang on a minute, he's he's given too much away here. Maybe he's a spy. Yeah. Mm? You know, he brought them too close, too 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 soon. Um, oh, there's no base there. You know, we've we've had a look. There's nothing there. It, I used to think that he was a spy.
2: Right. Interesting. <laughs> I never thought of that.
1: Um. Well, yeah. I mean, it's quite a, quite a thing if you think if you just go into this film and think that you know he's he's a spy. He's a rebel spy. Right. But obviously that there's no reveal. But he's a rebel spy, and then you just watch his lines. He's like, no, no we've we've tested that system. There's nothing there. And then again. He brought them too, too. You know, brought them too soon into, from lightspeed. Obviously, making oh, yeah, the rebels yeah, very aware of him there. And he's like, "You're a fool. Why would he do that unless he wanted to, the rebels to know yeah, that they he, were coming?"
2: He was. I really it. like that. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. There you go. <laughs> oh, New now, element.
0: Now we're gonna have to watch it again.
1: <laughs> um, the other thing too is that, obviously, being in the UK, the news was coming out that Dave Prowse was potentially the person that leaked the I am the father line. Oh. And this was by the daily mail newspaper, which is not known for its um, credibility when it comes to journalism, <laughs> um, which actually I don't think anybody in the, in the star Wars universe actually believes it was anything to do with Dave Prowse. And, um, but yeah, I, I think there's, there's all these little key things that you find and found out through reading and, um, and, and reading the script um, I'm watching the film well into the sort of 900s. I mean, I'm, I think I'm in 980-ish times I've seen this film now, so it's just under a thousand. And you you notice things all the time, little little bits. Just it took me, you know, again, it took me a while to realize that Boba Fett's armor was different from Empire to Return of the Jedi.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's gauntlets with different color. It, um, again, you know, I I've, I've had this Cap 2 vintage vessel for a while. I didn't realize that was Bosk's ship. You know, oh wow! i didn't Great. really you know i didn't really look at the boxes you just sort of take them out of the box and luckily as a as a kid i was a little bit um on the spectrum at the time so i kept everything <laughs> i kept oh, all wow. the boxes That's fantastic so later on you know later on you're just like oh cap two is is uh bosk's ship and and so you wish kind of the you wish that those things were in the film you wish there was more um little bits and pieces that have that came out in terms of in, in in terms of the toy line to have been in this film and there were little bits and pieces in this that you just think um <clears throat> yeah that that's a very odd thing when he's saying i've done this deal um don't don't try and change it lord vader and everything else and you're like well what was the deal he did in the first place yeah i've just done a uh, deal to keep the empire out of here well what was that deal yeah that, that would have been that's, interesting that's yeah. what's
2: awesome about star wars is that it it makes you think. It plants those seeds and there's never I am I'm assuming when Lucas wrote this and when they're filming this, there's never any plan to pick up any of that. No. It's just no disintegrations. Okay, these people have a relationship. Yes. Well, what is he talking about? What kind what kind of relationship do they have? Are they lost?
0: Well that yeah. that's that's part of Lucas's
2: genius. He just like throws you
0: into the universe. It's like this is the force. He doesn't like, explain yeah. it until later. Like it's a Here's the universe. They don't do any setup. It's like they plop you right into Star Wars right with you mean Vader getting on Leia's ship and then it here away we go. And that's it seeds like you said. It makes for questions later in and makes for rewatchability like like how It's a beautiful film,
1: isn't yeah. it? It is a beautiful film to watch. It really is. It brings emotions that A New Hope didn't really bring. Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And it like with all those seeds in that, it makes you feel like the universe is way bigger yeah like correct me if i'm wrong but a new hope felt a little smaller like the universe itself right but this just makes you think like this is huge this is a worn universe this is something they've been in this state for decades yeah and having all these weird dynamic characters makes a huge difference as far as the perception of size of this and that you don't have to have you know four characters that are really the pinnacle or the the focus point Of this whole universe this is a much bigger universe with much more going on and this gives you that full perception of that absolutely this film itself yeah
0: all right so once more around the horn before we wrap it up uh final thoughts on empire adam or you know i don't tim i'm gonna throw it to you first all right
2: well this film in itself ranks as number one for me in star wars followed closely by rogue one and i think for me there's a lot of a lot of key things that are similar between those two films in the sense that it it does a lot as far as the action goes. It does a lot for, at least from Rogue One to to Empire, and Empire in itself, it's, like I said at the top, it's all about how it expands everything. It makes this, to me, a full universe. You know, as a comic book reader, as a fan of Marvel and all that, I love the idea of continuity building and, and showing the expansiveness and just these little hints and teases all over the place. This film does that. Tenfold. It gives us Yoda, Boba Fett, Lando, Calrissian. It splits up our main characters and grows them more so than they could have ever done it if they're chasing the same thing. So, and then you get the reveal of of the Emperor, and you've got Vader really becoming a prominent figure and really the mainstay villain in this. You know, he could have they could have went some other way, and we did see this developed in the uh, prequel trilogy where they kind of shifted focus around who the actual villain of each individual film was this, they, they had this, this kind of long stream, long form storytelling, this bigger arc for Vader embedded in this film. And this is the film that really sets that up. So for me, it's, it's all about what empire has done for the universe. And because it's executed so well, and yeah. it's so rewatchable and it feels like so many different movies layered together. It's, it's, to me it's it's just like the pinnacle of star wars filmmaking yeah and it's the film that brought me into the universe it's a film that brought me into into toy collecting to a degree because of how big and different and you know the ad and the characters introduced here that's why empire is is my favorite film is because it's it's what hooks me into this universe and what's kind of kept me and and watching it grow over the course of you know two hours it's unbelievable to watch how well unfolded this film goes. So yeah, number one for me for Star Wars, awesome. Well, uh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give my final thoughts because after
0: doing a, uh, the New Hope retrospective, I know better than to follow Adam. So <laughs> I'm, that's why I cut Tim <laughs> off here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let Adam have the last word on the on this retrospective. But for me, Empire, awesome again. In a, in a time, I know a lot of it has to do with nostalgia. But again, don't take me for that. That's not gatekeeping. That's this is just. I was a I was a kid, and I loved Star. I was such a young kid when Star Wars came out, and then this movie hits, and I was, it was right at the perfect age. It was everything you wanted it to be, but it left so many questions, and and the anticipation, especially with no social media and only schoolyard banter, and no like. We I was too young to. Subscribed to magazines or anything else that could have got me anything more as far as information So I had to wait until three years until Return of the Jedi came out like it was just the toys the anticipation In an era where sequels were not an automatic or even a thing this set the bar and set it Extraordinarily high for sequels. It's it's great as a standalone movie it ends on a bummer like it just it hits all the right notes and for me it just i can't like i just i know this is kind of a empire love fest and and we wish we could have had a more uh divisive conversation but you know what nowadays this is uh december 2018 i think it's okay to have a non-divisive podcast about star wars yeah. and 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 we have a little love fest for a change so uh yeah for me love it i I, I can't, I echo all of your statements, Tim, and I, I can't uh, I can't say enough about this movie. So Adam, awesome. final thoughts <coughs> on
2: Empire. Let's hear it.
0: In short, apart from No Hope being my number
1: one film of all time, Empire Strikes Back is from the adventures of Luke Skywalker, and this is exactly what this film gives you, further adventures of Luke Skywalker. Tim, you just summed it all up, mate. You just summed everything up. So what is there else to say? This is the greatest sequel of all time in most people's eyes. It's the greatest movie of all time and it deserves to be seen by our great grandchildren.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. And, and again, I'm sure with all of us having kids, I made sure to sit down. I watched my oldest sit down and see that. No, I am your father moment. And, and, and you're not looking at the screen when that's going on. You're looking at your kid and you're watching their brains at yeah. the back of the wall <laughs> from their head exploding. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, guys, thank you so much for being on. Uh, real quickly. Oh, are very welcome. One more time. Uh, Adam, where can the good people find you on the internets and your <laughs> podcast and all that other good stuff?
1: Well, you've, as a member of the uh, Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, uh, we are Retro Inc. Podcast with myself, Andy, and uh, Jeremy. We have the Retro Inc. Facebook group. Uh, also, uh, we have Instagram, Twitter, and all the usual places. So it'd be great for new people to come and join us on the Retro Inc. Uh, podcast page. Um, both Andy and myself are massive listeners of you guys at the Nerd Room. And um, I don't know if you hear us you know, sucking up to you week after week, but we often do. <laughs> yeah,
2: I love what uh, you guys yeah, we, are doing over
1: there. One of the things that we just do is we cover we cover all the things that you're covering, as well as Star Wars and everything else in between, and retro gaming as well fantastic tim
2: you can find everything that myself and my cohorts at the nerd room do over at the nerd as well as well starscommonwealth.com that's where you can find too everything like adam said that everyone's doing in the stars commonwealth and twitter is where is best to get a hold of us i'm at the nerd uh, we like to hang out there don't do facebook too much anymore um so yeah if you want to get a hold of me nerd rm at on twitter and the i at gmail.com if you're ever looking to to fire a question our way we release episodes every thursday and then you can also find me over on the TSW feed doing TSW comics with Rob Cast once a month here. We're going to, we got to find some time to record because we got this Vader series is coming are. to an end here soon. And, and, and uh, also we
0: got the new, I, got, I just picked yes. up the, the new yes. series coming up there.
2: Yeah, so. the it, Age of series. Yeah, yes. Qui-Gon and Darth Maul. So yeah, some exciting stuff to talk about there. So <laughs> you can catch us hopefully before the end of the month here in December. It's a little tougher, but... Yep. You'll be hearing Rob and I back together again at some point here in the not too distant future.
0: Awesome, and you can find fantastic. Myself, I, you can find myself. I am at Robert MM Cast on Twitter. I also do the Roman Potting which is a yes. comedy adult show uh check it out if you're if it's my me and my buddy roman or my buddy roman and i we just hang out and talk about weird headlines in a uh, not appropriate for kids but it's it's all in good fun and it's all lighthearted so we have a good time over there again with tim on tsw comics once a month we uh, get we break down what's going on in the uh, in the talk in, in star wars comics and also too um if you are so inclined um Tim and I are going to uh, make an appearance at the celebration. Well, we're not going to be on yeah. panel. We're not going to be on stage with Lucas and all them. But we tried. We, <laughs> we, yeah, we will be there. So, uh, America, the redcoats are coming. The redcoats are coming. <laughs> so I'm going to have to be. Uh, I'm going to have to be messaging you guys when you're there, gang. Can you pick me up? Yes. <laughs> Standing queue. That's and again, I've talked about this before. I can't wait to see Tim walk the floor at this uh, it, it i'll be have to bring a wheelbarrow for his jaw and also a, a, a special gloves
2: to carry his credit card because it'd be rather yeah, warm yeah. <laughs> my wife's gonna appreciate your presence tim do you really need all of that yeah exactly <laughs> yes i do rob yes, I do. well you tim you very
1: kindly picked me up an r5d4 from the uh, 40th anniversary collection yeah. <clears throat> and there's still those things that you know we can just cannot get in this country so yeah i think yeah, you might we'll
2: be, definitely a, be in contact you that might be getting a pm at sure. that point <laughs>
0: Again, yeah, so uh, you can meet up with uh, Tim and I and a bunch of other people from the Commonwealth. Um, we're looking to have a great time down there. So we'd love to see you, and we'd love to, you know, shake hands and walk the floor and, you mean, break a little bread, well, pizza in the in the common area, I guess, or believe me, <laughs> the food options. maybe? Yeah, yeah, maybe, possibly. So, again, guys, thank you very much for joining me on uh, the Empire Strikes Back retrospective. Uh, I can't wait. Look forward to, hey, Return of the Jedi's next, and don't forget about our uh, my roundtable, my spotlight edition. Yes, I've already had Ash from Skyhoppers. Tim is already taken part. Adam, we got to line something up. I got Kyle from Tumbling Saber. He's scheduled this week to do a recording, so we're hitting up busy old... man. Oh yeah, we he's a busy man. Yeah, he is. He's way busier. i right? a busy man. Yeah, I'm a yeah. Well, I find time. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, everyone, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Later.